1: Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network with Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. We say hello to you. Live from 6th and Peabody. Yeehaw beer, Old Smoky Moonshine, our host each and every day. A lot to get to. Glenn Gilbo, SEC columnist for Outkick.com will join us. That's coming up in about 20 minutes from now. We'll hit the big SEC headlines, quarterback decisions, and much more. That's all straight ahead, plus John McLean of the Houston Chronicle, TexasSportsNation.com, one of our NFL analysts. He joins us coming up in an hour. Tennessee Power Hour includes the best Titans and Vols notes of the day. Guys, we start with the story of the day, which is John Gruden's resignation. Last night during Monday Night Football, news broke uh, right after the New York Times leaked more emails that he had sent upwards of 10 years ago and over the last 10 years prior to taking the the Raiders head coaching job uh, with correspondence with Washington and their franchise and the investigation that's gone on there with ownership um, and just the overall turmoil within that organization, uh, the NFL clearly leaking these emails to the New York Times trying to get a response from ownership and Mark Davis and get him to react to John Gruden and the storyline from last weekend. Gruden's out. Vesakia is in as the interim head coach. And the Raiders are, again, in crazy turmoil, as is their former head coach, John Gruden.
2: Yeah, and I I keep going back to, uh, you know, why was the NFL leaking these emails? And why is John Gruden the one guy that had any type of suspicious, unflattering emails that are being reported out of the 650,000? That went back and forth. Even Bruce Allen, who he's sending all these things to. Nothing. No reports about what he's saying back well, to him. He's about out what the he's
0: league, Bruce Allen. So he, he said stuff, but it doesn't matter to the league.
2: It's a story, though. I mean, it's still a story if you're a, a, again, if you're a media outlet going after it. Point being, they're leaking this because of spite. It's To me, it's very simple. This is revenge. The league saw the emails and what John Gruden called the commissioner of the league and what he called others in the league, and this is the league swinging a big stick and saying, you're gone. We're going to leak this. We're not going to leak anything else. We want you ruined. We want you out of the league. I don't think this was done out of some morality sense from the league to leak it. I don't think it was we have to expose John Gruden for who he is because we want to make this right. I think this was simply... Powerful people read emails that were awful, that were about them, and someone that's very prominent, making a lot of money, making a lot of money off the game in the league that he was criticizing, the leadership of that league, decided, yeah, that's not going to happen anymore. You're done. And that's why these were leaked.
0: I I think you're probably right. Though the first one, and I think both of you agree with me, the Demoris Smith one on Friday was very conveniently timed with an election that Demorest Smith had to win like he said if I don't win this stage of it then I'm not going to run so uh you know either put me through or I'm done to the to the PA leadership the the PA reps around the league he won that very narrowly this came out just before that and it made smith sympathetic and by making Smith sympathetic, and he, he won it very narrowly, he needed, what, 22 votes, super majority, I guess. And he got just that or one vote above that. So Gruden's very unbecoming comments about Smith got him some sympathy. I think the league likes Smith in that spot because Smith is weak and lost to the league on the last CBA. And they think, well, let's keep Smith in there. We know we could push Smith around. We have no idea what they'll get as an alternate to Smith who might actually get them to strike against us or be powerful. And this Gruden email will help us there. Now, maybe they plotted it out, Chad, in such a way that they said, and then the next round of emails, we'll get our revenge on Gruden for talking smack about Goodell and we'll feed into all of this stuff that goes against the logos we have painted on our field all over the fa- place. Booker McFarland, I, I was surprised, was actually very eloquent about this at halftime. He read those logos, you know, that are all about inclusion and, and kindness that are painted on the fields, which, by the way, the Raiders have legitimately stood for in all of their pirate stuff. Al Davis, absolutely inclusive guy, didn't care about who helped them just win, baby, when they actually just won. Amy Trask, Tom Flores, Art Schell, the first black coach, legitimately inclusive. And John Gruden's comments, say what you will about the timing of them or whatever excuse you want to make or whatever, go against all of those things that the league is trying to represent now and that Al Davis truly represented kind of ahead of his time.
1: But isn't it obvious, though, that based on the timing of all of this, that the league was not going to suspend Gruden because of the timeline of the emails that took place before he was actually back in the league as the head coach, right? And they were not going to – I mean, they needed Gruden to resign because they didn't want to fight publicly over a firing. Well, they
0: put it on Mark Davis.
1: Right. But I'm, I'm saying they didn't want to fight publicly over a firing because if I'm a part of, um, you know, Gruden's lawsuit here, I'm, I'm just hypothetical – I would be demanding full access to the 650,000 emails.
0: Which is going to come, right? I mean, well, in the they refuse the league to league even do a, fire a coach. The
1: league refuses to even give a written
2: report on what's going on with Washington. Paul, it's only going to come if there is a lawsuit from John Gruden to recover money. And there's something that's discoverable in
0: that. But the fact the that he quit. That's he, what I'm quit. saying. That's what that's I'm saying. Why the fact that, right. the yeah. fact that he but, resigned.
1: Right. The fact that he
2: resigned. Absolves. This is the one yeah. part well, of the timing some though. backroom
0: deal that went on with Mark Davis. We don't know what that is.
2: Why the trickle though? I understand on Friday. Okay, you release that. It looks awful. I thought Gruden had a somewhat reasonable response to it, and then you had you know Tony Dungy and Mike Tirico defending Gruden Their on buddy. Sunday Night Football, uh, and then then on Mo- on Monday night the rest of it comes. It was almost like I think like, they gave hey, an out. Here's Chad. the warning. Yeah. They we not going to give you more. But if, you, you, wanted, out. if you wanted the revenge, I, I guess you don't release it all at once because if it's Demoris Smith Day that you're releasing it on Friday, it gets lost in the shuffle of all the other things he said. Like that's probably no. eighth on the list. But of here's things what they that did they gave
0: him an out because they gave it all to Mark Davis on Friday and Mark Davis was weak with it. They said they gave him an out and then there was a report there's more coming. I think if the Raiders had acted quickly on Friday, if John Gruden didn't coach on Sunday, then maybe we never would have saw this stuff because they've done a good job keeping all this stuff under wraps. There's no written report. Well, uh, and there's Snyder also, didn't get in big trouble, right? They've, they've done a good they've job keeping this. They've only got that one email out. So Mark Davis could have fired him or he could have resigned. And all of this stuff might have stayed in the background. And John Gruden's reputation might be somewhat intact. The one email out about Demoris Smith that made him look really bad But then he could have disappeared and it could have been a big secret about like, well, there's more. And he resigned so that we didn't see the more. And instead, Mark Davis wasn't really, didn't show a lot of spine acting early. Wasn't going to do anything.
1: Wasn't going to do anything. Until he's forced. uh, I'm also assuming here that there are more. More. Yeah,
2: that they know about. They would
0: have come again with a third wave. If, if um, they I still
2: don't know that Mark Davis did anything the whole time, I don't think he was forced to do anything. I think John Gruden decided enough. Yeah, right. I'm resigning now. This is, this is my decision. We can negotiate uh, the the buyout or whatever. But I, I still don't know that Mark Davis decided. Well, you re- have to get. No, and to and there's some it. shaky
0: stuff going on with the Raiders, right? Their chief executive, who. Got the stadium built, quit lately. There's some shaky foundational stuff going on with the Raiders outside of all
1: that. Schefter reported that Mark Davis uh, arrived back in Vegas and went straight to the team facility to meet with around me. 5 o'clock yesterday to find John Gruden. And then they they met 15 minutes later, he
0: resigned. It might so. have been a matter of hours or it might have been a matter of 15 minutes. But this is orchestrated clearly by the league. So separate of all that was said and the things that Gruden has done wrong here, I think it's reasonable to be upset with the way the league has operated. This thing started because Daniel Snyder did some bad stuff. And Daniel Snyder has been, quote-unquote, pushed to the background, and his wife has to run the team for a while, and he paid a fine that amounts to 20 bucks for us, right? Meanwhile, this and, is— And ownership is skating, and they've gone and found somebody else to get. Now, he he may deserve what he's getting. Yeah,
1: Gruden sent the emails, but... Uh, he said what he said. Yeah, but this is, this is also the league still not telling us what they found in the investigation with Washington. Washington.
0: Yeah, that's under the rug. That's never coming out from under the rug. And they kept it off paper. It's on some servers somewhere, the 650,000 emails are, and people combed through it. Now, how'd you like to be the guy that was combing through the emails and eventually came across these Gruden emails and was like, ooh, here's a gotcha, uh, Mr. Commissioner. On, uh, on page 178,211, here's Gruden with... Now, Bruce Allen, who I know a little bit, friend of the show, came on. This is dumb to conduct business like this on your corporate email. Well, you yeah. Should, anybody. You, you don't have your jokey time with your friends where you're saying stupid stuff, racist stuff, misogynistic stuff, any of that. You don't do that kind of business on your corporate email. I'm not saying you should go do it somewhere else so it's hidden, but you don't do... If you're messing around with your friends, are you doing it on your Fox email now, corporate? No.
1: No, but the the the, the point here is there were multiple people on this email chain. Um, Bigwigs, right? And all the media is talking about right now is Gruden. And
0: well, me, I'm a lot more interested in the NFL than I am in whatever chicken place the guy is. But chief my point is, of. the
1: investigation came. Where is the demand for the six hundred fifty thousand emails here? Well, I think
0: the media that, is starting to clamor so, for it. And, but and for those that are it.
1: saying, "Oh, how do you know that the NFL is behind it?" Well, the NFL is controlling. I mean.
0: Nobody else has touched this thing.
1: You think Schefter wouldn't have put these emails out there had he had access to them? Well, they don't have
0: access to they it. They intentionally, you and I were talking, Schefter was intentionally out of loop on this, I think, because ESPN has a relationship with Gruden, uh, it conveniently for the NFL or not conveniently. was happening during Monday Night Football, which Gruden was on for 10 right. years. Right. So where did it start? It started with the Washington Post. Then it went to the New York Times, and who ultimately broke that he was out was the NFL Network. They triangulated this around ESPN.
2: I mean, it's just it, – it's it's kind of gangster capitalism with this. I mean, I, I watch the show Billions, and this is like a subplot of Billions. Yeah. They could easily take down probably half of the league with these emails, with embarrassing things. Is there report. more to come? There's, there's reports out there about – Daniel Snyder, you know, them trading uh, nude photos of the cheerleaders that were taken when they didn't know back and forth. Right. And that Gruden was in on those. Well, right. Some of these were,
0: pictures. They did say that some of this was, was Allen and Gruden. Isn't it amazing, though, pictures? that
2: the one unforgivable sin to the league is calling Roger Goodell an anti-football bleep bleep. To me, that's it. And claiming that he messed with uh, Jeff Fisher to get Michael Sam drafted. Of everything that's out there, I, I just... There's so much talk out there in this altruistic view of things like, boy, the league is going to clean this up and you got to clean up behavior like this and anti this and anti that with Gruden. This isn't about that at all. This was an opportunity to take down a guy who said some very embarrassing things about powerful people in private to a friend and they had access to it because of a separate lawsuit about someone else and they took their shot and they hit.
1: Not just someone else. One of their own, who they refuse to give a written report on,
2: and it's it's incredible That's to me that here. I I still feel like Daniel Snyder is being protected in all. Oh, oh, he is absolutely. absolutely he's
0: being protected.
2: Of of it's just remarkable to me though that of no one's talking about that. Like all the talk is about you know John Gruden's been this throughout his career. We got to clean this up in football. All that fine. The real story here is this gangster capitalism of the NFL that I'm sure there's a lot of awful things in there that could destroy half the league's ownership and we'll never see it unless John Gruden sues the league and they get something where they have to release those emails and they have to release them to Gruden's attorneys. That's the
0: only way we're going to know. Well, I want to be clear. I I don't believe you could say the things that John Gruden said in those emails. I think when Mark Davis hires him for 10 years and $100 million, he's buying all of him. I don't think 10 years ago it was okay that you were saying those things. I think if you're saying those things to your buddy, you, you believe those things. It's not like locker room talk, like who used that excuse? Uh, Trump used that excuse at one point. But I, 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 it's bad what he said. I, I agree with you that the reason it's coming out is different. But you just can't talk like that. And people are saying, well, 10 years ago. We're, 10 years ago was not 1950, you know? And well, it's, it doesn't make if, it okay in 1950 if, either, but we've evolved from 1950. But 10 years ago is not like ancient history.
1: It's also It also comes down to the when you want to be outraged over something with the social media aspect of it. Uh, the Super Bowl halftime show will feature artists that no, I agree. feature a I, lot of language. I think the
0: league toes, toes the line there. But I think we get lost to people jump to cancel culture right past consequences. And I'm surprised by some of it because some of the people I know that want to always scream about cancel culture are the same people that I know who would have been all about consequences. And I don't have a problem with consequences on, on a certain level. He shouldn't have said the things he said, but the league shouldn't be Machiave- it's, Machiavellian it's also, the way that you're talking about either with I the mean, Goodell
2: Again, it's also, we can talk about this in the next segment too. Everybody wants to go to to buzzwords they hate, you know? Uh, Woke. Cancel culture. Let's attack these words and tell you why it's not this. It's not just cancel culture. It's selective cancel culture that that we can discuss. Hutton, you brought up a a great example to me last night. Dave Chappelle. I just watched his stand-up routine. He's not getting canceled. He's saying things into a microphone on Netflix that's far worse than anything put in a private email. And there are people that are tweeting about there Gruden are, using Dave Chappelle. There are people tweeting images. in the media that I saw people tweeting about how awful Gruden is with gifts of Dave Chappelle, saying something. I'm thinking, this is where we're off. Right? You got to
0: fill me in on this Chappelle is, during the this break. This is
2: where we're off. I'll fill oh, you in. Not that hard. Listen, I mean, just read
1: some Eminem lyrics as well. I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you the, the clue. Yeah, that he'll, halftime he'll show
0: half-time. is ill-timed given. What's well, again, it's very right selective yeah.
1: and, and no one cares that it's ill time because they know it'll be a good halftime show and they're not talking trash about Goodell. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of uh, conflict and hypocrisy, undoubtedly.
1: Coming up, we, we will get more into this. Uh, John McClain's going to join us. We will dive into the NFL topic of the day, which is John Gruden out in Vegas Uh, We will hit SEC headlines and talk some football as well. Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com joins us next, plus more headlines of the day. Outkick 360 rolls on. First, though, see better, look better. With Dr. Toyos and Toyos Clinic, I had my LASIK surgery with Dr. Toyos back in 2016. Uh, Still seeing 2015 vision right now. If you're ready to enjoy the freedom of not wearing glasses or contact lenses, do like I did and visit Dr. Rolando Toyo's. Toyos Clinic, the number one LASIK provider in Tennessee. They have three locations in Middle Tennessee. They also have a wonderful office in Memphis. Plus, they just opened in New York City, and they now offer the latest technology, flapless LASIK. With flapless LASIK, the very next day, you can swim, work out, wear makeup. It's so accurate and convenient. Navy SEALs get this procedure. MMA fighters and boxers go right back into training. Again, I was back to hosting the radio show right after the procedure the very next day. A common misconception is that depending on your age, a remedy to upgrade your eyesight isn't always available. But with Dr. Toyos ages 18 to 88, if you want out of your glasses, Dr. Toyos and Toyos Clinic can help you. Don't let eyesight and hair growth troubles hold you back. Call 800-603-1989, 800-603-1989 to schedule your LASIK consultation today with Toyos Clinic. Let them know that OutKick sent you you'll receive a 10% off discount. 800-603-1989. Toyos Clinic, see better, look better. Hi, I'm Dr. Toyos of Toyos Clinic. Are you ready to enjoy freedom from glasses and contact lenses? We now offer the latest technology, flapless LASIK. With flapless LASIK, the very next day, you can swim, work out, wear makeup. Call our LASIK concierge for a free consultation. 800-603-1989. 800-603-1989. Toyo's Clinic, flapless LASIK.
3: See better, look better.
1: We're going to get back into the news of John Gruden's resignation as the head coach of the Vegas Raiders, that's coming up in about 10 minutes. Glenn Gilbo joins us now, SEC Colonist, Outkick.com, does great work uh, and has for years covering the SEC, LSU, Alabama, Auburn, uh, down in Louisiana. And Glenn joins us from there now. Glenn, hope you're doing well. What a, what a game between Texas A&M and Alabama, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Georgia, Auburn, Kentucky winning over lSU it was quite the SEC weekend
3: it was it was uh you know it was the first weekend I didn't go on the road I stayed home and and covered the games from the TV I thought it would be easier but I ended up working harder than, than any uh game I've been to I was at it uh all day but it was it was fun the old miss game was was awesome, and then the uh, – I didn't see the Alabama game coming, obviously. I I told you guys I wasn't going to <laughs> College Station because I didn't think it was going to be a game. Obviously, I Should have joined you all at the Dixie Chicken, but um, <laughs> not a game.
2: So, Glenn, is it is it just not if but when now for Ed Ogeron after that loss where they weren't all that competitive in Lexington, Kentucky on Saturday night?
3: I, I think it's about 90% that way i mean conceivably if he if he beat florida saturday morning and and, and starts a, you know a little winning streak um and gets to seven or eight wins he has a chance i mean if he wins saturday he he has a chance uh but uh you know if he if he loses saturday and then loses again to old miss uh you know it, it, it could happen during the season though um i i think um I think Scott Woodward may may try to keep him um for the end, to the end of the regular season or at least late in the regular season because there's no one there's really no one that would be a good interim coach on staff.
2: You know, we threw this question out on our outkick the tailgate show but who was the bigger disappointment going into Saturday on the season LSU or AM? Well, there's now a clear cut number 1 it's LSU. I'm curious your opinion on this. How much did the A&M win over Alabama hurt Ogeron and LSU from from that respect? And do you think that A&M found something in this game where now they're going to start to recover their season and be a lot better moving forward? Or was that just a one-night, crazy circumstances blip on the radar for 2021?
3: Well, I don't I don't think so. I mean, you know, one of the toughest things for a coach to do, and, and Steve Spurrier actually said this once, is once things start going bad in a season, it's really hard to kind of flip, to use a Coach Orgeron term, and, and that's what Jimbo did. I mean, because their offense against Arkansas, I was at that game. They were awful. And then they lost to a pretty bad Mississippi State team. So the way he was able to flip that script and, and get his assistance to uh, to keep the players buying in and come up with a great game plan against Alabama's offense, Elko, the defensive coordinator, what, what a blitz package. They, they didn't figure it out until the third quarter. Um, you know, that... That that's the coaching job of the year, right? So far by uh, by Jimbo Fisher, um, and you know Coach Orgeron has done that type stuff before. Uh, he he flipped his script in the uh, in the 2017 season, lost to Troy, twenty point underdog Troy, lost bad to Mississippi State, and he and he flipped it against Florida, and then he beat Auburn at home after losing twenty to nothing in the second quarter. So he's done it before, but it, it, it uh, and it looked as bad then, you know, so and he did it last year when he went into Florida and beat the number six Gators as a three and five team uh, LSU was. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. But I, I don't I wouldn't relate that A&M win to the, to the LSU situation. No.
1: Glenn Gilbo with us from Outkick.com. Glenn, what did you make of uh the, the crazy game between Ole Miss and Arkansas? It was an excellent matchup. And the decision for Sam Pittman to go for two at the end and the prayer from Lane Kiffin on the opposite sideline.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was something. Uh you know, Lane is one of the most fun people to hear interviewed in, in college football, I think, because he he really he just talks as if you'd met him in a at the store or something. I mean, he's just so natural and and uh his his interview after the game you know he he uh he he joked and referenced his previous interview that he wasn't going to leave early and he said finally we can have some popcorn i, I just <laughs> thought but I, I thought sam pittman made the right move you know it, it's it's kind of like when you get the basketball for a game winning shot instead of calling timeout you just go with it you know because you got a better chance because the, the team might not be set And you might not get a better chance. And he's on the road. Uh, Coach Sam Pittman was. So, you know, it's going to come down to that type of play anyway. So why not just try to do it now? Here's your chance to win without them getting the ball, you know. And uh, it it didn't work. It didn't look like he liked the play call. It didn't look like they ran it correctly. But I I think he made the right call there. And um, that's not a bad loss at all. For Arkansas, that was uh, that was a great game.
0: Tennessee, very thorough, back to back against Missouri and uh, and South Carolina. How much stock do you put into them out of those two wins, or were they a lot about Missouri and South Carolina? You buying them heading into to Old Miss and beyond?
3: Well, Missouri still has the best journalism school. Let's let's get that out. of the way. Uh,
0: I went to a different yeah. Columbia. <laughs> um, well.
3: You know, I, I still don't, I'm still not a Tennessee believer because I don't think South Carolina or, or Missouri are that good, and Tennessee lost to Pitt. I do I do think Tennessee is improving, uh, and and we'll you know we're, we're going to find out soon uh, how good Tennessee is. But right now, I still have them ranked pretty low in my poll.
1: Can Kentucky do to Georgia what A and M did to Bama?
3: Um. Well, no, because. I mean, that was a surprise. I mean, Texas AM had had the element of surprise. I mean, they were unranked. Alabama was a hundred and 0 <laughs> against unranked. I, I know, it's crazy. Um and you know, what's amazing is the Thursday night Nick Saban coaches show, which is can't miss radio, he was he was worried about the Aggies and, and he usually doesn't do this coach speak stuff uh for very long. Uh he was sincere. He was really worried about the Aggies, and and he was right. I mean, be, because he was saying the Aggies had been downtrodden and everything, and that quarterback was getting better. That's what he said. Now, I thought that was a little coach speak when he was talking about Zach getting better, but he really was better. Obviously, he had the game of his life. He came, off, came out of the tent with the, with the knee injury, and, and that was some high drama there. Jimbo, I never saw a coach follow a guy into the injury tent <laughs> like Jimbo did. You know, maybe maybe Jimbo hit, minored in uh, pre med. Who knows? <laughs> uh, no, I, I think the Georgia Kentucky game is is going to be a little different because uh, Kentucky is a known commodity. They're having a great season. They're coming off their best game, and they kind of play like Georgia. You know, the defense, running game, Stoops is old school, kind of like Kirby's old school. So, so this looks like a good matchup. I mean, Georgia's a twenty three point favorite. Uh, so we'll we'll see how good Kentucky is, but. The way Kentucky plays, I think that's going to keep them in the game for a while.
1: Glenn Gilbo joins us, SEC colonist for OutKick.com. Glenn, thank you so much uh, for the time. Are you, where are you headed this weekend? Are you going to Athens?
3: Actually, I'm staying in Baton Rouge again. I'm going to the uh, Florida
1: at game,
3: uh, 11 a.m. kick, and and you know this could be Coach O's last stand.
1: Could be, and and we I'm curious to see how Florida and I know they had Vandy after the Kentucky matchup but I'm right. curious, I'm curious to see how Florida reacts to uh better competition after losing the way they did to Kentucky.
3: Exactly and and you know Mullen has had some trouble in the in the red zone. He could have beat yeah. Alabama, could have beat Kentucky with some better plays down there and 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 Coach O has had Florida's number a couple of times and and Mullen's number last year. So th- this could be an interesting uh upset pick uh for the Tigers.
1: Really enjoying your work at, at the site. glad you're there and uh, glad you're with us weekly here on the show.
3: Okay, thank you. It's back to the Astros now.
1: All right, thank get you. back to it. There That's right. That's where McLean's <laughs> watching the Astros Bang those he, garbage He joins games. us uh, in 30 minutes. LSU Beat Tweet is where you can find Glenn on Twitter, Glenn Gilbo of
2: Outkick.com. Even if, by the way, Jimbo Fisher yeah. uh, went to medical school and has an MD, no one ever wants a doctor named Jimbo. So, I think probably he gets James. wise of him to get into coaching because that's, no one wants to to have a Dr. Jimbo. That's part of the legend of that
1: game now, though, is that he goes into the tent, Jimbo being, you know, and his defense is out there needing a stop against Bama. They just scored uh, on the touchdown where their quarterbacks hurt. Calzada goes into the tent after turning, he turned around to Jimbo. I don't know if, Chad, you were down on the sidelines and said something to him. Fisher goes into the tent with him and then, you know, he, grabs the helmet and runs back I think out. It the was huddle. more
0: like a Mr. Miyagi in there with the something. Yeah. <laughs> put the hand laying on. His Zach, Cal- Zach Calzada is going to
2: play. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Zach Calzada is going to play. It was incredible.
1: Uh, back to the uh, story and headline of the day, which is uh, John Gruden out with uh, the Raiders. Uh, it, it's clear, Paul, Mark Davis was not going to do it. I mean, they allowed him to coach um, Gruden issued the apology that if you think about the timing of the news, the news came out at the time of day and the time of week, which is considered a news dump. A Friday, wait, Chad and I were on our way to a college station at the time, which would have been Friday afternoon. Whenever this news broke,
0: it was before the vote. On, was it right before or right Smith? After? So uh, no, I think it was before. Um, so it was a little bit earlier than news dump. I mean, the later you get Friday, the more news well, dumpy still- it is. But but even Friday afternoon is news dumpy.
1: But it didn't give, it, it is, and it, it didn't give Demore Smith much of a boost if it was after because he had eight votes against and two abstained yeah. from voting.
0: No, but it might have helped him. I, you know, could, I, yeah, it could I, have. I, I certainly, I didn't think the timing was, uh, was a mistake. Look, Mark Davis in this looked weak. He, he looks like a weak guy. Yeah, you don't want to put too much on a guy's appearance. He doesn't come across, you know, he's not a, a good public speaker or anything like that. That said, the guy got it done with Vegas or his people, you know, he's smart enough to have people who got it done. He got himself a sweetheart deal, beautiful new stadium, uh, a great setup for a team that's moved around more than, the, more than any modern team. I was in the middle of that. I got my first job, uh, you know, real job because of it when they went back to Oakland. Um, that was his father's doing. But um, he could have controlled this thing on Friday. He had these emails in his computer, printed out, whatever, on Friday, you know, ahead ahead of this. He was well, he, not he surprised yesterday when the Times story come, came out. His assistant didn't come and send him a link and say, you got to read this Times no, story. No, no. That- when she he read the Times story, it was telling him everything he already knew. It was a matter of when the time story or whatever, when a story came out with those emails that he had with, in hand.
1: with Which further confirms, Chad, the fact that the league, who gave who handed this over to ownership, they were getting frustrated with, with Davis not responding the way the league wanted to. The league was not going to suspend Gruden outright because this took place on a time frame prior to him becoming the head coach of the Vegas Raiders. Um, Gruden, uh, excuse me, Davis on the other hand, didn't want to fire Gruden because he'd owed him the the contract right and so last night whatever conversation took place the fact that Gruden resigned is very significant in all of this not being fired but, re- but the resignation because he had the hundred million dollar contract
2: from the Raiders well I just keep coming back to I mean it's uh it was revenge they they had the, the they had the evidence to bury a guy who even privately to a friend was making fun of the most powerful person in sports and Roger Goodell and Roger Goodell and his team in the NFL decided we're going to lop the head off of this dude. When I am here to tell you, I have a hard time believing they couldn't lop the head off of someone else if they wanted, but those people probably weren't saying anything about the, the head of the league to Bruce Allen. Well, anyway. and, and, and it goes back to, you know, you, you, you hate, do you hate the message or do you hate the messenger? I think we all agree. He, he was done. When this was out there, right? When well, you read the emails, you see what he said. It's like, okay, he's got to step down. When that Time story came out, he was done. Yeah, regardless of when it was sent or anything else, you know, you put that stuff in an email, and it's, you're going to be done. Um, we brought up earlier, you know, a lot of the same people though talking about we got to be done with this. You know, everyone that does this, there's got to be consequences for it. They need to lose their job. There needs to be an example made and everything else. And then people using the GIF of Dave Chappelle. This is not me being anti Dave Chappelle. I think Dave Chappelle is hilarious. I watched his latest stand up. But for everyone that's doing that and laughing at Dave Chappelle or rapping along to lyrics before a game or celebrating this year's Super Bowl halftime show, I think we also have to come to grips with the fact that oh you don't really hate the message, you hate the messenger. Well, you they- hate it you hate it when John Gruden says it, but if Dr. Dre says it, it's okay. If Dave Chappelle says it, it's funny and he's safe but when john gruden says it it's not and i'm well, not there just a ta- i'm not talking about black versus white here either i'm talking about anti gay misogynistic whatever you want to call it all of those things are being said too and and the guys rapping along to that before a game are saying these words out loud as they do it again i just think that it's not a it's not as clear cut as boy we hate this message it's got to be done it's all over with because there's nothing consistent about how we go through this. I
0: get what you're saying and it is inconsistent. But there is one big difference there in that John Gruden is leading a group of men, mostly black men, a team with a gay man. So he said these things. So I'm very eager to hear what those black men and that gay man have to say in th- today, today's Tuesday, they're not going to talk till tomorrow in all likelihood. Have to say about the potential of having gone back to work for a man who said these things, uh, and I don't know how much well, the black look, guys answered that Sunday after the thing. But that's a different deal. Dave Chappelle's not leading fifty-three I, I or fifty-three also, plus okay, sixteen guys. Let's look at everyone who's talked, said those. Let's
2: things. look at everyone who's talked publicly about John Gruden. The only one I've seen that said anything negative about him. Was Keyshawn Johnson, Which and he did not call pure him a racist. Hypocrisy. He called him a fraud, a used car seller.
0: Which is ridiculous because Keyshawn jo- uh, Johnson is a fraud. Well, and Tim, Randy Brown's emotional thing
2: was ridiculous. Well, let's go down the list. Who do you think is credible? Tim Brown saying his praises. Tim Brown is credible. Said he didn't say me. anything about it. I covered Tim Tony Brown. Tony Dungy, year. Mike Tirico, both said, look, it was bad what we saw in print. This is before everything else came out. And, and even Tony Dungy said, I'm not going to go there where I'm going to say everything is racist the way everyone is, because my experience with them has been great. Mike Tirico said, you know, I traveled on the road with him three days a week. My point is that that doesn't prove that he's not racist. It proves that he wasn't acting racist to his players as a leader of Ben and wasn't acting racist to co-workers, colleagues of, 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 of different race. I can't, this is where we're going to go crazy doing this. I can't legislate private thought. He was putting his private thoughts into an email like an idiot. And he's saying awful things. No one's denying that. But saying those things to Bruce Allen and going out and being racist to Keyshawn Johnson or Tim Brown or someone else, those are two very different things. I do want to hear from Carl Nassib, who, by the way, is still on the Raiders roster. Yeah. you know he's, He had awful language about gay people. To my knowledge, Carl Nassib had no problems with John Gruden. I'd still like to hear from him. Obviously, he's not going to get a chance to coach Carl Nassib, now moving forward. But these are all things I also want to know, and I think things
0: we should discuss. My, uh, on the other side of this, I, I'd say, like, if it came across to you that, that the guy coaching you doesn't like people like you, even though you've had good experiences with them, but you found out that he held that sentiment, I wonder if it wouldn't change your relationship with him. Let's talk about that.
1: We'll get into that. Plus, I mean, the, the, the fact here that the investigation that was going on that produced these emails through the league is about the owner of the Washington football team and the allegations in the lawsuits surrounding him. And for as quickly as the NFL leaked emails to the New York Times, they are doing everything they can to not give any other information about the Washington football team in that investigation. That's all straight ahead on Outkick 360. First though, Aurora NutraScience. We're excited to partner with them. They keep us mentally sharp and healthy. Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most. Your body. VitalifeScience.com is the website. You can see more information. And uh, Outkick 360 season ticket holders, you visit Vida, V-I-D-A, VitalifeScience.com. You receive a 15% discount with the code OUTKICK360. Typical pills and capsules not well absorbed. In fact, most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. But here's Aurora, unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I I personally use the vitamin C, the vitamin D3, and glutathione, simple, single-use packets you can grab and go in the mornings. Aurora supplements will also help you if you're a weekend warrior. If you take medication for high cholesterol, if you want the endless benefits of curcumin, They can help you with all this, too. Aurora supplements absorbed in the bloodstream through the GI tract, ensuring it's not wasted like a capsule or pill once it enters your body. Visit VitaLifeScience.com for more information. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360. Vita, V-I-D-A, LifeScience.com. John McClain will join us coming up in 10 minutes. OutKick360 rolls on. Tennessee Power Hour coming up. At four o'clock central, five in the east, we will discuss all things Tennessee Vols and Tennessee Titans, discussing John Gruden's resignation, which is the story, and it completely uh covers the covers up the storyline of last night's Monday Night Football game and the comeback win by the Ravens over the Colts because while that game's playing out, news breaks and Twitter goes from that game to Gruden news, and the game really turns into Foxy. Yeah, it takes a backseat even on the broadcast because they're coming in and out of news about Gruden and what's going on in Vegas. Uh, it was crazy to watch it all play out.
0: So, Chad, here, here's kind of what I was getting at as we headed into that break, um, and I don't know really how to 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 classify you, but let, let's let's say the Withros. You know, you've got a really good relationship with, with, with David Reed, who oversees you, but you find out later that David Reed has talked some crap about the withrows, generally speaking it's going to taint your relationship with David Reed who oversees you it can't help but do that so these black guys who played for Gruden or the gay guy who played for Gruden could have a great relationship with Gruden but as soon as they find out that he's historically said bad things about their groups it's got to have a bearing on that relationship immediately
1: and it, it, did, it did play a factor. It had to play a factor in the Raiders' performance on against Sunday. the Bears. It,
2: it had a it, – it, yes. It, it. We asked that question yesterday. I asked that question. It was great. It, yeah, it, I mean, you, you were right on. It, it played into it, no, no doubt about it. And look, I, he was going to get fired. I, I had no – there was no inclination he was keeping his job when that second tick story got out. But I'll also say that even after the DeMora Smith comment got out, that's still when the people who knew him defended him and defended yeah. his track record with black but players. But these are people so. who
0: knew him who were kind of equals. Tony Dungy is equal. Mike Tarico is equal. But the guys on that team who play for him are not equals. They're employees. And I think that's different. The power dynamic is
2: different. Tim Brown played for him. Tim Brown played for him. Yeah. And he he had, he had good things to say about it. I, again, I don't know what those players' experiences are. If you're a player that ever had any doubt about John Gruden, and it, he— it, if he wasn't coming from a place of pure meritocracy as a football coach with you, if you thought he had it out for you for some reason, that he was riding you too hard in practice, you weren't getting enough playing time, then yes, you see that. And if you're a, a black player, you're thinking, I can't play for this guy because this is confirming what I feared about him. But if you're a guy who played for him for four or five years or you're a veteran in the league and you had no issues with I, I don't know the answer to that, Paul. I don't. Because I... I that. Again, the biggest part of this, the reason he got fired, he kept his job and coached another game after the DeMora Smith email was leaked. It was the anti-gay, misogynistic tweets specifically about Roger Goodell well, and about the, Malcolm Glazer. Uh, yeah, and the stacking. And Yeah, once you stack those up, that's that's when it happened. But again, when we had the tweets about, about DeMora Smith, he kept his job. It's a good question. I mean, I, I think it would absolutely... Being on your mind, it was on the Raiders' mind well, on he, Sunday.
1: I think he kept his job because Mark Davis He's was going way. to allow him to do that. It was clear, based on the email and the comments about Roger Goodell, that the NFL was not going to allow Mark Davis to continue to not st- to stand aside and not act on this in any way. He was
0: waiting to see the reaction. Um, Mark Davis was waiting to see how the tide went. Well,
1: see, I, I've I viewed this as Gruden knew that the NFL was going to continue to leak things. We We did not see and have not seen any emails from Gruden corresponding with Bruce Allen in 2018 or 2019. Uh, There's two years of overlap where Bruce Allen remained on board with Washington. Gruden took the head coaching job in 2018. Uh, If they're corresponding throughout all these years, yes, I bet they continued to correspond while Gruden's a head coach and while Bruce Allen remained an executive, a high-powered one, for Washington. And I, I mean, if you're sitting back going... Okay, they continue to leak these, these emails out, um, and you know what else is out there. Gruden knows. You step down
0: right. before they and come And you on. pipe
1: down. And that's what Gruden did. He
0: could have done it on Friday and saved his reputation to a large degree, right? Don't what, you think?
2: If, what if Gruden would have come out and just fell on the sword and said, I sent a lot of worse stuff than that, and I'm sorry for it? I've changed since then. That was a long time ago. I realized shortly after that I should not be speaking that way and talking that way. What if he would have gotten out in front of it, knowing they could have leaked more, and just flat out told everyone, "There's a lot worse out there than that," but I'm a different person now. I think now. it would
0: have been smart.
2: It would have been smart. I still think he would have lost his job. I, yeah. once I don't people know saw if it, it in saves front. him.
0: I don't know if it saves him, but that's your best chance.
2: Yeah, and it, it, I still ask the question.
0: preemptive
1: strike. What else is out there? You know that, that we can discuss that and more with uh, John McClain coming up and the demand to see more information on the Washington investigation end of this we'll get into that plus other NFL news and notes John McClain of the Houston Chronicle joins us when we return to kick off hour number two comeback win for the Ravens Chargers prove a point Dallas remains on on schedule with their great play all that and more straight ahead I'll kick 360 rolls on